Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we are going to have a look at how sleep trackers can actually help you to improve your sleep. So if you are wearing an Apple Watch, you've got a Withing Scan Watch, a Whoop, an Aura, whatever it is, you've got one of these sleep tracking devices, then we're going to dive into how you can best utilize what they deliver to you to improve your sleep quality. And if you're thinking of purchasing a sleep tracker, then after this episode, you'll know if it's worth the investment for you. So, yeah, if you've been following me for a while or you might have uh, attended a workshop or are in a coaching with me, then you know that measurement is key. Like we always use scorecards to see what's actually going on. And sleep trackers are this little sweet device that can uh, take a lot of work away from us because they track things automatically. So we don't have to think of doing so. They're going to know when we go to bed, when we fell asleep, when we woke up. Uh, They will track the sleep duration uh, doing this. They will also see if we had sleep interruptions. So a whole lot of data is coming from these devices that will give us valuable insights, heart rate, sleep heart rate, valuable insights if the things that we're doing the lifestyle choices that we make if they're helping us to improve our sleep. And that's uh, that's literally where it breaks down to. Now, if you have problems with your sleep right now and you're working with this, these devices, there's one thing you need to keep in your mind and I'm going to share that upfront before we dive into specific things that these sleep trackers can help us to do. Um, there's one thing you need to keep in mind, and that is you need to keep a fair amount of distance between yourself and the data. Uh, A typical reaction is to overreact when we see the data and bringing excitement in our body in form of anxiousness frequently, like, oh, like something got worse. Oh, it's not working. Oh, that's uh, a mindset that we do not want to have. We need to distance us from uh, us from that data, and uh, observe it with a lab coat on, and see. Okay, like best maybe maybe not even you know dive into the data daily, but rather like maybe weekly or something like that, and get a big picture of what's going on. So uh, if you can imagine yourself to be a de- detective, uh, you don't want to follow one single clue or get too excited about one thing also like if something works like you can get really excited about something and then you crush so we don't want that to be the case we rather want to step back see the entire picture uh, and you know see the wider narrative of everything that's going on instead of being misled uh, getting into a positive or negative excitement that will harm our sleep so that up front. Now let's see what these things can do for us. Uh, as shared in the intro, like a very handy thing is that these sleep trackers automatically detect when you go to bed. So that's number one. You do not have to write down when you went to bed and when you got up. And that's kind of handy because at times we can forget to write down this stuff. And no matter like 
if you have a sleep tracker or not, I always suggest you take that data and write it down onto a scorecard, little card where you track certain aspects uh, of your sleep and things you're doing to promote that sleep, to improve your sleep. But uh, these things do it. Like let's say you went to bed, you forgot to write it down and the next day, maybe noon, you want to write down the time you went to bed, but now it's hard for you to recap on which time that was exactly. That's number one. So we get a very specific um, point when we hit the bed. We get a very specific point when we woke up, got up out of bed, and that's great. Number two, sleep interruptions. Like if we move out of bed, these devices are going to track that. So over the long term, not today, not tomorrow, over the long term, we can see is this getting less by actions we take. To give you a little bit of context, as I shared when we moved into this podcast, uh, sleep tracking, staying accountable, step number two out of the sleep map, right? Staying accountable, very important. And step number nine out of the nine-step system is mastered. And mastered means nothing else than learning. Kicking off a continuous cycle of improvement for your sleep, for your well-being, for your productivity. So, we're, we're moving backwards. If we get this data long term, what we're creating is a data set that we can move backwards with our lab codes on, right? Codes on and just check in on what is working. Are the things I'm doing working? What do I want to change to reap even better sleep? Or is my sleep so good meanwhile that I don't have to change anything? I just need to stick to what I know works for me. And that's like a lifelong process, right? Dominating our fundamentals, dominating the things that we know work for us. Uh, and, you know, to do so, typically in the sleep coachings, uh, we're running through and figuring out which, uh, which fundamentals it is that you need to dominate because that's the tricky part. It's not a one fits all here. So, but so moving backwards, so we get an automatic measurement from when we went to bed, when we got up, uh, how many sleep interruptions we had. That's a kind of handy thing. These sleep trackers also come with a sleep score. Now, the Aura Ring has that, the Withings ha has it. A lot of these trackers have a sleep score. That's a number letting you know how good your sleep quality was. Um, mostly they work with, you know, somewhere between 0 and 100%. And the higher you get to the 100, the better it is. Now, the algorithms, how they calculate this number is completely different. And most, most vendors do not, you know, share how exactly they do it. But um, the interesting thing is not so much the number per se, but rather now you've got a number that is calculated with a consistent algorithm and you can compare yourself to yourself, right? You're the only person you are competing with. So you want to see if you have a sleep score of 80, let's say, and now you're up to 82. That's cool. That's an improvement, right? 85. 75. Okay, what's going on? And the great thing about these numbers is they get calculated automatically. And if you step back after two weeks, four weeks, two months, you're going to see the bigger picture. Like now you see, oh yeah, 
on average, and that might like what we feel and what is actually going on are quite frequently different, uh, different things, right? One bad night of sleep might make you think that things are not working. But if you zoom out, see the bigger picture, see the data for a month or two, you're, you're going to notice, oh, last month, on average, I was an 80. And this month, on average, I'm an 83 or 85. Like, that's great. Things are working. So that's a very cool thing, sleep scores. Next thing that I love to uh, look at is my resting heart rate. So the resting heart rate is something that I typically love to have a look at. It's, it's kind of, for me, it's an indicator of how restful my sleep really was, number one. And that said, it's not even in the calculation, as far as I can tell, it's not even in the calculation of the sleep score from the withings that I'm wearing. So, but for me, it's important. So I, I check in on that. Uh, and um, it, it also shows me like if my lifestyle choices are healthy. I can tell you over having a look at this, what happens with my heart rate if I drink alcohol in the evening? It bumps up. Two glasses of wine, I'm like 10% higher at night. If I eat too late, these are all things that boost up my heart rate. And the higher the heart rate, the, I, I, would, I, I would argue like the lower the heart rate, the deeper the rest, right? So I typically uh, keep an eye on that. And for me, like doing that, I was able to figure out that actually a workout type that I do helped me to get my heart rate down again. Last year in December, I had a disease and after that I had an increased heart rate. So I took it very slowly. I was very conscious about what was going on. That's a big advantage too. Like you can see what's going on in your body. You can feel that too. If you listen to your body, which you should, should always be the number one thing to tap in. But then you get additional data points. So I saw my heart rate was higher for at least, I would say, nearly two months after that disease. And I worked my way downwards again. And I had to do... Uh, start, carefully start doing um, workouts and then I increased the workout slightly and I saw my heart rate coming down again, which is awesome. Like So you get valuable data and seeing the resting heart rate low and that's different for you and for me and even the calculations here are different. I just had a chat with a friend of mine who's wearing the Whoop and they calculate the resting heart rate different than Withings does it. They really check in on your deep sleep and say, okay, we're going to create the average out of your deep sleep cycles because then you're the most rested, which makes sense. Like if you're dreaming, your body can get active, like your heart can pump if you have an exciting dream, whatever. And that should not be an indication for rest per se. Uh, Withings just calculates the average of all of the heart rates that they measure overnight. So uh, here again, it's not about comparing your numbers to others with other devices, not even with the same device, but it's comparing your numbers against yourself. And if you're getting better, that's great. So resting heart rate, very important uh, number and often uh, overlooked. And yeah, the last advantage that I will sketch out here, they're, they're, the new devices also have you like oxygen measurement, temperature measurements are slowly coming in. So you get a lot of data points. And the big advantage is if you're able to distance yourself from the data, 
you really get an awesome long time overview, which is even with the sleep cards, uh, they're good to get an overview over what's going on over weeks, right? But like with these devices, you can sketch a month on one screen and scan through months. So there's a big advantage when it comes to the long term overview. Number one, there's a big advantage using these things when it comes to consistently tracking data, we might forget to track it with the scorecard every now and again. And if that happens, you can uh, look into your device and just get the data out of that. And that's actually how I work my scorecards too. I check in on my device in the morning, and then I take over a few numbers onto my scorecard, the ones that I want to check in. Uh, at the moment, that's in particular, uh, the hours of sleep I get and my heart rate. And then I move on from there. So really good. Um, yeah. So now if you're thinking of purchasing a device, and you're not sure which one to go with, I would uh, consider two things, two things. Number one is I would not go with the cheapest version. I would go with a brand that is known to deliver high quality data. That can be an Aura, Apple Watch, Withings, Samsung. There are a lot of good brands out there. Like you pick one that has a brand name and that is known to create high quality devices. And number two, and that's for me, it's a super important aspect, like the battery life. For me, the, I, I'm a big fan of Apple, but the Apple Watch is, for me, it's a, just a, a no-go because it only has one, uh, one day of battery life, one to two days. So if you're okay with that, with recharging your device every single day, that's great. Like options like the Aura or the Whoop have around about a week. The Withings has 30 days, a whopping 30 days. And that's literally the reason why I got the, the Withings. I also like the look because it looks more like an old school watch on your wrist. But you know, that's just a, a taste thing. But the battery life is something you definitely want to check in and which sensors they've got. Uh, do they have heart rate? Most of them have that. Most of them have the sleep detection. Um, the oxygen level is coming now temperature super new. So you check in what you want to get from your device and then buy your device accordingly. And that's all that's to it. So um, I hope that was shedding a little bit of light how I want to invite you to see sleep trackers, to use them if this re uh, resonates with you. And if not, you can always move on like with uh, plotting down your numbers in the scorecard. There, that's possible, but you know, the sleep trackers have some advantages like measuring your heart rate, doing everything automatically. And if you feel so inspired, then Use them in the way described, parallel with your sleep scorecard. Always move backwards. Don't get too excited. You want to see the entire picture. You're a good detective and a good detective does not get excited or anxious about one single sign, but rather moves backwards, tries to get the whole scene in and um, to, you know, see the bigger picture, essentially. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you enjoy using your sleep tracker hand in hand with your scorecard. If you, by the way, I nearly forgot to invite you to uh, the sleep recovery workshop. The waiting list is open. This will probably happen in a month. Uh, it's free. It's going to run you through 
all of the nine steps of the Sleep Trust Sleep Map, you're gonna leave with your personalized sleep recovery plan and you can bring your sleep tracker into action when you implement that plan. So you're invited to check in into the sleep recovery workshop. Check out sleeptrust.eu. You're gonna find it uh, on that page and I'm looking forward to seeing one of the next workshops. And with that, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. Sleep trackers are an awesome thing that can help you to sleep better if you manage to keep enough distance between you and the data. Dune cell sleep trackers will automatically measure when you went to bed, when you got up, your sleep interruptions, your heart rate, and other data points. I recommend using a sleep scorecard where you plot down this value with a pen anyway. And I also want to highlight that checking in on your resting heart rate might be a good idea. And that's it for this episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you feel inspired to use your sleep trackers to actually improve your sleep quality. And of course, that you tune in next time when we're going to talk about how what to do actually to get napping right. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.